Micro Monday again, the weekly microcast where we get to know members of the micro.blog community. I'm Jean McDonald, the community manager at micro.blog. And on this show, I am pleased to welcome back Miraz Jordan, who is at Miraz on micro.blog. Now, I say welcome back because Miraz was one of our guests uh, in 2018. And uh, she, I know a lot about her already, and if you've listened to that episode, it's episode 35 um, from November 2018, you would know that Miraz is based um, on the New Zealand coast north of Wellington. She has cute dogs. Um, she has quail, if you're following her now. that was, We didn't get to talk about the quail last November, um, but we did um, talk about how she had for many years produced tech-oriented blogs and now she's settling in at micro.blog to just post the, quote, bits and bobs that interest her. Um, however, <laughs> she has gotten uh, interested again in producing something that is tech-oriented, a new blog, um, which is titled How to Customize Your Micro.blog. And uh, she's sharing a ton of tips and tutorials on how to do stuff with your blog that's hosted on micro.blog. Um, and I'm going to let her explain how she got interested in it and, and talk about what she's doing. But you really must go check this out. If you don't listen to another thing on this podcast episode, go to custom.micro.blog and uh, check out everything she's posted already. So, Merez, welcome back. And how are you doing? Ah, kia ora, Jean. Thank you. I'm doing Extremely well, thank you. I've been so excited by this project. You did say on the last episode you were on that you still like sharing tech tips. And in fact, you had just shared the CSS, the custom um, cascading style sheet that you had used to format the photos on your blog. Ah. So <laughs> apparently that snowballed and I would have to rewrite your bio here because it's not after many years of producing tech oriented blogs because you're still, you're still in the business apparently. <laughs> um, well, but before we talk about the blog, like tell, tell the listeners a little bit about your background in um, the tech world. Well, I actually started out as a secondary school teacher, which means I was teaching adolescents. And uh, German was actually my subject, German and English. And at that time, the school got a computer lab. It got a lab full of uh, BBC computers. And the moment I saw them, I was just riveted. And I made it my business to uh, find out about them. I even actually wrote a piece of software, which was for my German students to learn German. It was a terrible wow. software, but I sold I sold a copy to somebody. It was, <laughs> and um, and we used them. What something I found really interesting was when the kids in the computer lab would challenge me because I saw a mistake in something I'd put in the program, and they'd say, "No, you're wrong. It says this on the computer." And I thought. Crikey. <laughs> I put it in there. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and I got out of school teaching after 10 years in the mid-80s or so and, uh, and then got involved in an adult literacy organisation and they got a – oh, I was – everybody loves the Commodore 64. I feel like I'm the only person on the planet who despises them. 
because <laughs> uh, that's what I had to use. But then our organisation got a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that for me. I just got totally engaged in it and and loved it. And after a while, I got a bit tired of my job and I lived for the moments when my co-workers would say, how do I do this thing on the computer? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say, oh, like this. <laughs> so I actually left that job and set up um, my own business where I helped people, their Macs and the internet, because that was a I know the internet's been around for a long time, but uh, the general public were only discovering it in the 90s. And so for a while I was on the Mac, I was I was the Mac help desk for the um, for one of our internet providers. <laughs> People would, wow. and I'd talk them through the process of putting the settings in and restarting their computer however many times to for the software to take hold, as it were, and <laughs> yeah. connect to the internet through their modem and <laughs> yeah. modem and things. Um, and I taught classes at, uh, oh, you're not supposed to call it night school anymore, but night school basically, and individual clients and so on. And I was teaching people how to use their Macintosh from the beginning. They'd never touched a computer before teaching how to use the internet, what the internet was. I'd often start by saying there's this thing called email. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so I've had a lot of experience of, of teaching people, teaching people who truly were beginners because they'd never touched a computer before, people who felt they were beginners because they lacked confidence. I did one I did, two, I did several fantastic courses at the night school, the Community Education Centre in Wellington. I did one called Computer Confidence for Women. Nice. I did a similar course, or basically the same course, but for uh, speakers of other languages, new migrants. Mm. Uh, one class was full of Russian women. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it. Wow. And then... Um... I know that you were co-author on um, the Visual Quick Start Guide to WordPress, right? Yes. Back in 2006, I followed Maria Langer's blog, and she was in WordPress, and I'd been learning about WordPress myself just for the same reason, that I wanted to change things behind the scenes and find out how it works. And one day on her blog, she said, oh, I don't know how to do something or other. I can't remember what. And I left a comment that said, oh, you do it like this. And she was a very established, well-established author. She, I don't know how many books she's written. It's well up in the mm -hmm. 60s or 70s or something. And she suggested we collaborate on a WordPress book. So we did. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I know it's more than a hop, skip and a jump to micro.blog, but I think that that's interesting, you know, that you have this... Uh, this history with WordPress um, back in the day and mm -hmm. uh, um, answering people's questions about how to do WordPress. Uh, yes. Which, and I taught uh, a couple of courses. The um, folks at the, oh, I don't even remember what it's called, the, the kind of the community education part of the University of Hawaii in Honolulu invited me over for a a weekend to run some courses there which was pretty wow funny. yeah I think that was about no I don't remember when it was might have been 2008 yeah wow and um 
Yeah. So, so you have this big, you know, background in, uh, first of all, teaching and teaching beginners and helping people uh, with the very basics of uh, the internet. And beginners are my special group, really. I, I find I really enjoy working with, with that group of people. There are so many experienced people who teach stuff, but they target it to people more advanced than the total beginners. Yeah. And I love that group. I love <laughs> Because they don't know anything. And um, you can make so much difference by teaching them those things that other people assume they already know. Yeah, I definitely have some of that experience myself. Um, teaching, you know, the internet for beginners uh, back um, at our local Apple, um, third party Apple store before there were Apple stores. And it was so cool when I, I think the thing that, um, and they were mostly senior citizens, let's mm. put it that way, which uh, this is a while back. And now I'm, I'm starting to edge into that, <sighs> that particular demographic myself. <laughs> Um, but they, um, I felt like my ace in the hole was when I showed them how to use, um, uh, it was called gopher. It was a, a way of like porting into another, uh, university's computer or whatever, how they could go into our library system from the internet and put holds on books. Right. Yep. <laughs> and magic i mean there's so the interface now is so so uh sophisticated compared to how it used to be you know with something like that which was very command line kind of yes. driven and yet if you showed somebody what it was and how it worked you, you know like i said these were not um geeks if you could get to that beginner's mind and explain what was happening it was a really great um experience for both of us, you know, to, for all of us, because I sure enjoyed, uh, I like to think that there's probably some people who still remember that moment. <laughs> there will be, there will be. I occasionally bump into people that i worked with 20 years ago on the street and I have memory for names and faces and they'll say, oh, Mraz, you know, and I <laughs> blankly, even though I'm trying to be polite and <laughs> look interested, <laughs> I say, yes, you taught me you know, how to use my email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't want to thank you anymore for that. <laughs> it could be. Uh, um, so tell me, like, how you got um, – because I, as I said at the beginning, you you were posting some tips, uh, or at least the one tip on how to uh, do the style for formatting the photos on your, you know, on your regular micro yes. blog uh, site. What? How did you end up like kind of changing lanes and deciding to create a whole site of tutorials? Well, I guess I went to look into it a bit more and rummaged around with some of the other things and the mm -hmm. dates bothered me <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> date formats are different in different countries and I just didn't like the format that was on my blog I wanted to change that and that involved actually going 
deep into the theme files. And I looked at those Mm. theme files and thought, this is nothing like WordPress. (laughs) And (laughs) so I went off in search of things. I found this wonderful set of video tutorials. It's more than two hours all up. Um, which are superbly put together. Each is about five minutes long. They're not huge individually. It's just that there are a lot of them. And they're so well put together and they really explained how um, Hugo, which is I'd also never heard of, but the system behind microblog, how it actually, micro.blog, how it actually works and how things are put together and, and so on. And so... I worked through them and then I was fiddling with things and then I thought I'd better not break my real blog too much. Um, uh, So I set up a a whole separate secret blog that I asked you not to tell people about um, (laughs) in Discover because it wasn't a real blog. It was just a testing ground to, to try things out and break them and put random stuff up there just so I could try things. Um, Yeah, so I set up this other blog and started really messing around with it and found that it's actually extremely simple to change the dates. (laughs) (laughs) That's exciting. I think they're probably set correctly for me by default, (laughs) Uh, but I want to check it out anyway. So, well, that's cool. So, you know, as, uh, you know, the the cliche about programmers in general, uh, tech, you know, engineering projects, a scratching your own itch situation got you started, it sounds like. Yes, exactly. And finding it interesting as well and and seeing this Hugo stuff and thinking, oh, I'd like to know more about that, especially if it's what's behind the blog I'm actually running. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm excited to check that out because, you know, Hugo is pretty much a thing I never heard of either um, when Manton decided he was going to, you know, uh, redo the the underpinnings of micro.blog and use Hugo. Um, and <laughs> I was excited only because, you know, other people were excited. Right. Um, but I personally, it was like, it didn't really mean anything to me. And, and honestly, I still haven't had time to dig into that level of uh, uh, stuff so I'm totally going to watch these videos and and there's a link on your uh on custom.micro.blog on the resources page and I will also put that uh, link into the show notes for this episode and you can actually download Hugo to your own computer I did that and run it for Mm. yourself on your own computer as well so that you can really rummage around with things but I found there were some slight differences and I can't tell you what they are because I haven't analyzed them, but between the, mm-hmm. the uh, Hugo files themselves and what Manton's using behind micro.blog, you'd need to ask him what those differences are. But I think mm-hmm. he's, he's customized a few things to make it right for micro.blog. Mm-hmm. Um, now for listeners who think we've just, jumped into the total deep end of the pool. Uh, we have, <laughs> and I'm going to suggest we swim back to the shallow end. Sure. Uh, maybe, you know, get our feet wet. If um, somebody came to your, to your site, um, 
you know, who, you know, going back to the idea of helping people who, who are starting out as beginners, where would you, you know, suggest that they start, you know, among the tutorials you've posted? Well, the place to go is to the archive. Mm -hmm. Go there first, because on the archive, the thing at the top of the page, actually at the very top of the page, there's a category called links, but you can ignore that Mm -hmm. and go to the section I've currently titled No Category. (laughs) Okay. And on the 30th of May, I put up a tutorial about the address for your blog. And so... um, that's a tutorial where you don't need any particular expertise beyond being able to log into your blog and it shows you where to go and and what to press to save the change and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried to work through things in a fairly um, a fairly structured way so that the next uh, three or four or five tutorials are actually, pretty straightforward and mainly don't require any particular expertise. And I've tried to put right at the start of each tutorial an indication of its level. Mm -hmm. So the second one does actually require a little bit of expertise, but not micro.blog expertise. You have to know a little bit about um, your domain name. But Mm -hmm. the domain name host, the people you get the domain name from, their help desk should be able to help you. and other people will help you if, if it's not actually very terribly hard if you can follow some instructions, but it can be a bit confusing and bewildering for somebody who's not familiar with it. So mm-hmm. that one might, yeah, flummox people a little bit. Um, changing the title of your site, for example, again, anybody can do that. And mm-hmm. then as you work down through that archive from oldest to newer, newest, I get into things that... Um, can be a little bit harder. And I've actually gone off onto a sort of a tangent of that you would need to use a text editor, not Microsoft Word for some things. Right. That it's really, if you're going to customize your blog, people who say, I don't like the color of my headings, <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. change the color of the headings. And people do that on Slack and other people say, oh, you go here and you do this. And it's not hard, but it does require understanding a little bit about HTML, which is the coding behind every web page on the planet, because <laughs> that's right. web pages are about they're about HTML. So I've got a, a tutorial in there that says what is HTML and how does it work? Yeah. And HTML is actually, in terms of what's behind being a blogger. In terms of what's behind your blog, HTML is so simple <laughs> and, and yep. anybody can do it. <laughs> no, Once you're going to be a web designer, HTML can be more complicated, but bloggers don't have complicated HTML needs. And so you need to understand the HTML because to change the color of a heading, you need to know a little bit about style sheets. And style sheets right. only work in conjunction with HTML. Right. Um, but, yeah, I like how you've, you know, sort of made it into small bite size Exactly. Um, chunks. And, you know, again, this was one of my uh, strategies when I was a web design instructor is 
uh, and, and basically people signed up to take a class in Dreamweaver, for example. Right. Uh, uh, I don't even know if that exists anymore. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. <laughs> but, but anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is like it was a big program to generate web pages that was supposed to be what they called WYSIWYG. Oh. You don't hear that word that much anymore because everything is like WYSIWYG. Yes. <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing is, actually shows you the code anymore, but what, what you see is what you get. Um, and so you, in theory, could create a web page without knowing the HTML, which really doesn't work. No. <laughs> I mean, no. It. I mean, I I know from personal experience when I first started out, but in in the class I taught, you know, the first week we just learned the basic tags like you show here on your um, uh, on your tutorial and showed people how to, and I had them type them in right yes. in a text editor. In fact, in text edit on the Mac, so and then save them and then run them you know, open that file up in a browser and the excitement when people realize that that little bit of, you know, it's not code, you know, this is not programming. It's really like what it's called markup for a reason that you're like tagging words, you know, you're tagging the content to be different parts of the web page. Yes. And people say that that markup that they added turned into what looks like a real web page because it is one the excitement is there. And then they also have the confidence going forward, you know, even if they do learn Dreamweaver or go live or whatever, that they can look at the code and fix it when, when the program itself isn't really doing it correctly. I think it's a little bit like a car. I open yes. the bonnet and I say, <laughs> look, there's car stuff in there. <laughs> there's car stuff. <laughs> Whereas... Probably, perhaps not these days because the computer runs the car, but right. 30 years ago, people who knew about cars would open it up and say, oh, yes, it's the differential. Or, oh, yes, it's the alternator or something. <laughs> so they actually right. knew how the engine worked and how it was put together and which bit was bit, which bit was which. And yeah. so they could actually open the bonnet and understand what was going on underneath, which I don't. Yeah. I mean, I have a vague knowledge of car engines, but. <laughs> There's no way I'll touch anything in it these days. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I, I, I really like about what you've done, though, is like, is that at some point, um, there, things can only be so simple, you know, like if you just go with the basic microdot blog themes and you write, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, like out of the parameters that microdot blog is, you know, totally supporting great you know and if that's what you want to do great and i actually recommend to people what start out just doing that Absolutely. and worry about the the styling of everything later and you might find out you don't really care after a while <laughs> because the important thing is to get the content up there and and the you know everybody knows how it is to be like you know you get get slowed down and and flummoxed by trying to decide what it should look like yeah. um your whatever micro.blog template you choose, your your content's going to look fine. But of course, eventually you get into these these uh, little, some are little tweaks and some are bigger that you want to do. But you know, we're not going to pretend that you can do them with zero knowledge of what's going on under the hood or the bonnet. You know, depending yeah. on where you live. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Um, so, yeah. So I'm, oh, the other thing that I love about uh, your, um, the one of your posts is about using comments. So commenting the HTML and CSS and how it's extremely useful because if you are, especially sometimes I'm copying other people's HTML, I like to like remind myself, oh yeah, I picked this up off of Miraz's site. Yep. so if I it doesn't work, I know where to go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or not, it won't work. But if I if I don't use it right, if I have a question, I need to remember where I got it from, or what was I trying to do, or as you say, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> Those comments for people who aren't familiar with HTML aren't intended to be visible to people looking at your web page, but. Um, In fact, anybody can see them if they know where to look. And one of the tutorials I've got that I'm thinking I should make much more prominent because of its crucial role is the one about how to use the web inspector, which is built in the browser. So browsers like Safari and Opera and Chrome and one that I was using uh, to help me with the tutorials, one called Brave. Mm -hmm. Um, If you... Uh, click on the page on a Mac with your control key down, you get a little menu of things. And one of them is about inspecting the page. And you can actually go in as an ordinary person on any web page on on the internet and sneak a peek at the coding behind the page at the HTML. And that tool, that web inspector, is absolutely invaluable for anybody who wants to mess around and customize their own their own blog uh, with like, colors and if something bold or maybe putting a line above it and, and things like that, because you can go in on any web page in, in the world and you can change how it looks. You're the only person right. who sees those changes. The rest of the world doesn't. You're not really changing the actual page, but you can play around and, and see what would happen if I tried this and that and the other thing. Yeah. No, that's true. And that's what made the web pretty exciting if you were willing to get, you know, your hands dirty. I don't know. It's not dirty. The HTML is quite clean. But the that you could learn from uh, copying what other people have done and then playing with it until, you know, and that's how people figure out new things to do. And that's how they do that's still today, but it, it was the time-honoured way to do it. Back in yeah. something like 1991, I was working for an organisation and we set up a web page. It was pretty exciting in those days, 1991. Yeah. And yeah. what I actually did was get somebody else's web page, get the HTML and copy the whole thing, and then yeah. I changed the words <laughs> for our website because – I also had no idea you, there was any other way to learn how to do it, but that's what people did in 19. Yeah. You know, and sort of similar to the, the cars of today, the, you know, looking under the hood, it's much harder, like the kinds of web pages that people are used to seeing nowadays are much harder to parse that way than like the simple stuff that we just built by hand with HTML and um, that I do like that feeling. Like maybe I'm 
I am a do-it-yourselfer. I'm not, I'm not very good do-it-yourselfer in the physical world, but <laughs> on uh, the web, like trying to figure out how to make something happen, you know, nice. I'm going to look for tutorials like yours, Miraz. So, well, one thing is over the time I've been on the internet, which is about 30 years now, I think, mm-hmm. roughly, uh, um, I started before the World Wide Web was being used, <laughs> not long before, but just before. But in all that time, I've just learned such a huge amount from the generosity of other people sharing their knowledge online. Mm-hmm. And people have put up tutorials, well, like that two hours of videos that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. put up tutorials, they've shared their expertise, they've shared their knowledge. And if they, if all of those people hadn't done that, I would know nothing. So I saw an opportunity for me to, I, I said to myself, hey, I've got these particular skills and experiences and expertise. I could actually put some information out there to help fill a gap that I noticed. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. And I think you would agree as I, you know, have learned that I learned so much just by trying to figure things out for other people. Yes. And as a teacher and a software trainer, um, that's also how you learn is by teaching people. <laughs> I've learned so much from all my students, first from having to figure it out to be able to tell them about it, but then also when they say, what about something or other, or I've got yeah. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Can you explain it some other way? <laughs> Yeah, speaking of which, if people have um, questions or um, requests for uh, Mraz generated tutorial goodness, what should they do? I have today, well, the other day I added a contact me page, which I've just expanded slightly. And today I've added a future page as well, because somebody on the... um, Microdot blog timeline said, "Have you thought about a tutorial on this particular topic?" So, mm. and I've already got topics in mind that I haven't added to the future page yet. So, I'd encourage people to contact me. They could come on to Slack, um, mm-hmm. and I've also included my email address on the contact me page mm-hmm. as well. So, if people have ideas for things, they could go there. Well, that's great. Um, and before we wrap up uh, this episode of micro monday do you mind if we get a a short quail update because (laughs) i'm sure that people are wondering how are how are your quail doing well a few weeks ago some people will know we had a a stoat or a weasel i i don't know which that came in and killed three of them in two separate incidents i managed to trap the horrid thing uh but i was on my own and and I couldn't reach anything useful and it got away again, unfortunately. Mm. I've got two traps out to try and get it. Mm. And then I amalgamated the four remaining quail and um, secured their run a little bit more. So they're all doing fine. It's not the best time of year for quail in New Zealand. Mm. We're a week off the shortest day. Oh, right. It's meant to be cold, but yesterday it was more like summer. But Actually, in New Zealand, the weather's horrible in August and September. That's when it's really unpleasant. 
Hmm. So they're all doing fine at the moment. Thank you. Well, good, um, because I, I like that we have quail on uh, on our network. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> micro.blog, we have quail. And before we go, I want to um, give a shout out really to Daniel Jalcott and Mars Edit, because oh, sure. people should know about Mars Edit if they don't. It's software that you can use for writing blog posts, including on micro.blog. Mm-hmm. All of those posts on customized micro.blog have been written with Mars Edit. It's made it easy for me mm-hmm. to include particular snippets of text, for example, um, to mm-hmm. upload the images. To There's a post preview so I can see how it's going to look. Yeah. Just invaluable. Okay. Yeah. You know, we do love Mars Edit here at micro.blog. Yes. And I did get to see Daniel Chalkit last week, which was great because uh, he hasn't been to WWDC for a couple of years. And he came to the micro.blog meetup, you know, yep. and he's sort of a celebrity in our little community. Rightly so. Is there anything else you wanted to add before uh, we wrap this one up? I think that's about it, actually. We've covered a great deal. I imagine you're going to have to trim some things out. Oh, I I don't know what I would cut. And I mean, it, the my obvious thing is the quail, and I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Maria, thank you so much for uh, coming on to Micro Monday this time. And uh, don't be surprised if I ask you back on again, because I think uh, I'm just looking forward to following where this goes. And uh, I think uh, that our community is going to be very interested in seeing what you do. Thank you, Jean. Listeners, if you want to follow Miraz on micro.blog, there's a link in the show notes or go to micro.blog slash Miraz. That's M-I-R-A-Z. Um, and <laughs> well done. Uh, and a cu- customize uh, how to customize your micro.blog is custom.micro.blog. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.